of darkness awakes. Count Dooku's bitter betrayal of his former apprentice, Asajj Ventress, resulted in the creation of a new menace in the galaxy, Savage Opress. Caught in a deadly game of revenge between Ventress and Dooku, Savage barely escaped the carnage. Beaten and alone, he returned to Mother Talzin, his creator, who gave him a new quest to pursue his long-lost brother. Welcome to the 153rd, excuse me, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. Old listeners, welcome back. New listeners, welcome aboard. You've picked a great time to be here. We have been building to this for quite some time. We have reached, what, the pinnacle of Season 4? Is that a, a fair assessment? The Return of Maul is upon us, and we are so, so excited to get into it. Let's remember some other things first, though. <laughs> Find us on social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you want to support the show with five-star reviews, by the way, those are great. We truly, truly appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that so, so much. Thank you in advance for doing that. Well, how is everyone? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're, uh, wherever you reside, that the weather has turned, that spring is upon us, and uh, and uh, we can put the winter coats away, right? Like, I mean, I haven't had one in quite some time, <laughs> but I live in San Diego, so I, I barely need to own one. <laughs> but hopefully the rest of you guys have all gotten to put your things away, and, and you're out there enjoying the lovely weather, the flowers, the trees the nature, all of it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just stalling for time because I'm flipping out. We're here. It's upon us, the return of Maul. And this is a big, big deal. And you know how you know it's a big deal in this, in this when you fire this episode up on the Disney Plus or on your DVD collection or, or however you choose to consume this show? The title credits. We've been seeing it for almost the entire run of the show until now. Star Wars emblazoned in yellow letters on your screen, fading into the star field. Now today, a new color emerges for the Star Wars logo, draped in red. And it's awesome. If that's not a signal 
that something massive is about to happen, then you're not even paying attention to the world. Um, but again, this was not a secret. This was not something that was downplayed. Uh, you know, if you had your ear to the ground, if you were following the news of the day, you knew Darth Maul's return was imminent. And, and, you know, this was a pretty good signal to it. You see that red emblazoned Star Wars logo and you're like, yes, it is here. It is upon us. And I mean, come on, chills, right? You had to get some chills knowing that it was here. How were they going to tell the story? How were things going to unfold? You know, we knew since the end of season three, uh, when Mother Talzin gave Savajo Press the mission to find his long-lost brother, that, that Maul would make his return at some point soon. But again, the, the questions of, of how, what, what kind of condition were we going to find him in? You know, again, last time we saw Maul, bisected. <laughs> that's, not a, that's a hard recovery to make. Uh, and, you know, and we don't get a lot of answers in this particular episode. But we do get answers at some point very, very soon. Maybe even the next episode. But yeah, that was sort of like the, the thing. We wanted to, to catch up on with, with Savage Press on his quest, uh, his, his frustration, his anger at, at you know, running into dead ends constantly. You know, he's been out there looking for, for quite some time and, and lots of dead ends in, in, in his path. But he's, he's, when we find him in the beginning of this episode, he seems to have found a vital clue to track down his missing brother. And again, and when we get to that point where we get to see Maul on the screen, I don't, I don't think it was quite the way any of us really envisioned Maul's return. You know, there's a lot more of a psychological thing going on with Maul than I think maybe some people expected at the time. Uh, but it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. And we're going to talk all about it. And I'm so, so excited that we're doing that, that we are here. I mean, that means, that means we're at the end, right? Season four of Star Wars The Clone Wars, our rewatches are coming to an end for this season. This episode, one more, and then we are focused on Kenobi for the next six weeks. No, five. I guess it's five weeks because we're getting two episodes on on Friday the twenty seventh, and then it's only going to be you know just a, a handful of more weeks after that. That's four weeks of Kenobi after that. And that makes me a little sad to know that it's going to go so quickly. But hey, that's what we're here for. And and while we're focused on Kenobi, I will be recording building up a catalog of season five Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch episodes uh, so that if things in my work schedule get a little out of control again, we have a consistent number of shows to go to, um, hopefully in, a, in an uninterrupted way. So that's the plan. And also, by the way, Bad Batch is right around the corner too. That's not far off. And you know we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch because, ooh, baby, we have to. And we're excited to. All right, but let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit more the details for this week's episode. This is Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 4, Episode 21, Brothers. Original air date, March 9th, 2012. Our plot for this week, the search for his long-lost brother, Darth Maul, leads Savage Opress to the junk planet of Lotho Minor. Our cast this week, once again back as Savage Opress, is the great Clancy Brown. Ben Diskin is Morley. Sam Witwer... Starkiller himself comes aboard as Darth Maul. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Corey Burton is Count Dooku. Nika Futterman is Asajj Ventress. Tom Kane, the narrator. Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka Tano. Matt Lanter, Anakin Skywalker. Claire Gant returns as Lats Razzi. Barbara Goodson is Mother Talzin. Matthew Wood is General Grievous. And a lot of these characters, you know, they aren't really in the episode necessarily, but they're, they're, they're there uh, as force users to let us know that there is a disturbance 
in the force. A great darkness is, is arising, is returning. An enemy is returning. And the force is aware of this. And, and now the rest of the Jedi, the rest of the Sith, anyone force sensitive who's, who's, you know, connected in this way feels it. Uh, and it just really lends itself this really ominous feel, this, this you know, impending doom almost. Uh, it, it's really, really well done. I love this opening sequence where, where, we, where we go to Count Dooku's palace and he's talking to Grievous about everything. Uh, that really sets the stage for the return of Maul in a, in a way, in a big bad way. You know, that, that, that they're, they're aware that there's a force to be reckoned with and he will be making a dramatic return very very soon uh we have we do have a jedi fortune cookie this week and we will talk a little bit more about it as the episode unfolds but let's just go ahead and put it out there right now a fallen enemy may rise again but the reconciled one is truly vanquished Again, we'll try to contextualize that a little bit more as we get into the episode but i think we are there we are ready it is time strap on your buckets Let's go. I can sense him, Grievous. That creature, Savage Opress, is growing stronger and stronger as each day passes. <laughs> you consider him a threat? He is a threat to all of us, even the Jedi. With the Night Sisters eradicated, there is no one left to control him. Something is rising. Something sinister. Well, there may not be anyone to control Savage Opress directly, but Mother Talzin's influence is still uh, over him, and, and and not in a controlling sort of manner, but she has charged him with a mission, with a task, and he's attempting to go about it in the way that he can do best, I suppose. It's not the most elegant. It's, it seems to be a bit clumsy and stumbling about, but he does have that magic talisman. Uh, but when we catch up to him after Dooku's scene sequence here, uh, you know he's at a diner with familiar waitress droids like we saw the ones like, uh, like the ones we saw in Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, when we meet Dexter Jetsetter, Jetster, and he's just choking some lady out for some reason. We don't really know what's going on, other than uh, she must have provoked him in some way. Not that she deserved that, but. You know, oppressed doing what oppressed does, right? Kind of lashing out, being uh, show displaying that that uh, lack of impulse control that we've gotten to be so familiar with from him. Uh, but as the authorities arrive and chase him off from this diner, he comes across uh, seemingly the first big clue he's had in quite some time. Uh, and and again, we we know that that Mother Talzin has been aiding him in, in some fashion, and she continues to do so here. So let's check it out. Mother Talzin. This dust. It's a clue. Yes, Savage. You are getting closer and closer. Soon you and your brother will be reunited. I must make the necessary preparations. So we definitely get the sense too uh, that that Talzin is in case we in case we're not getting the sense in case you're not picking up on it, uh, it needs to be 
shared that Mother Talzin is extremely powerful. Even in the massacre episode, when the, when the droids go to kill her, she goes non-corporeal on us. But that doesn't necessarily mean. At least that's okay. Let me back up here. <laughs> Because in the massacre episode, again, the battle droids come in, and she goes like almost like like um, astral plane sort of right. Like she goes like spiritual in in a sense. She goes non corporeal, leaves leaves no body behind, right? Kind of like what we saw with Obi Wan. But this seems a little bit different because it seems like she can come back to her body at a certain point, become corporeal once again, as we'll see in the next uh, installment of the episode. But that sort of gets into a lot of the stuff with Talzin that that they don't explore fully all the way. There were, there, there were definitely more plans to explore Talzin and uh, Darcidius's history together in the aborted season six episodes. And we'll, we'll talk more about those in our next episode as, as, as Talzin factors into, into that episode more than in this one. Uh, but I think that's something to keep in mind with, with, with Talzin. She's a powerful, powerful being. And remember, there, the, Palpatine ends up Palpatine slash Sidious ends up with Darth Maul as his young apprentice somehow, some way. We've established that Maul is from Dathomir. So the connections are there. We just have to explore them more fully. And, and we'll get some answers over the course of things, but we will also explore more fully the whole Maul, Sidious, Talzin uh, aspect from the aborted episodes of season six that didn't come to fruition as an animated series, but were brought to life via comic books. So we will talk about that more down the road. Uh, let's check back in. We're back on Tatooine. Uh, this is an interesting scene only in the sense that uh, in our previous episode, which I think I misspoke a moment ago when I said Massacre was previous. It, it was not. Bounty was was the previous episode. But uh, we, we're checking back in. The cantina in, in Tatooine, probably the one in Moss Eisley. It's one of our favorite cantinas. And, and Bounty ended with what seemed to be Asajj Ventress leaving that group of bounty hunters behind. But here we find her in the cantina with Lats, the, the, the female bounty hunter with that scaled boa um, from, from the prior episode. So maybe Ventress wasn't quite done with her bounty hunting gigs in that group just yet. Or perhaps Ventress and Lats have formed some kind of uh, friendship. We'll, we'll just call it that for now. Let's go ahead and check this out as... as Ventress begins to suspect something is on the horizon. Cheers. Why so tense? I'm not sure. I thought I sent someone from my past. Who is this someone? A monster. So yeah, she's clearly talking about Savage Press at that point. And and again, remember, Ventures was betrayed by by Opress. He rebelled against uh, Ventures' plans for him and Doku's plans for him. Again, Savage Opress has not made a lot of friends, but it also de demonstrates more that that Talzin had a bigger game than just simply. I shouldn't. I should be careful how I how I phrase that. It's going to sound strange. Talzin definitely wants Doku dead. Don't get me wrong, but this op Opress thing not working out just gives her another avenue to pursue that revenge in a different fashion. You know, she's, she knows that Maul's alive. Send Opress to get Maul. Get the two of them together. You get after Dooku. You get after Sidious with them together, all powerful. And you would suspect that that's because she believes Maul to be the superior warrior, right? The superior knight brother. 
we shall see. We'll see how that all shakes out. Meanwhile, Opress is busy figuring out where these cargo containers with this unique dust have come from, and he's uh, sneaking aboard a freighter right now to get those answers. Uh, hey, what are you doing here? Get out of here! I'm about to take off! The cargo you just dropped off. What planet did it come from? The junk fields on planet Lothal Minor. Take me there. Okay, okay! Yeah, it doesn't give a lot of options there, does he? <laughs> no, sir. So as Opress is making his way uh, onto this freighter, Anakin and Ahsoka arrive at the same diner where uh, Opress just was. They come across the carnage, the police on the scene. They, you know, they're attempting to kind of help in any way the Jedi can. Meanwhile, Savage Opress is departing the planet to return to Lotho Minor, the junk fields there. But Anakin... Again, he has a connection to this as well. He was there. He has seen things. And he feels something dark from his past as well. Master. Anakin. I sense a disturbance. Something sinister. All the way out here? Yes. Do you know what or who it is? No, but whatever it is, it feels familiar. <sighs> Ominous. Ominous. And I really like the way they build that, that level of, of, you know, the, the feel of sinisterness. Sinisterness, oh my goodness. I really like the way they build that, that the sort of mystique around the return of, of Maul. And even, even with Opress, because again, Savage Opress, that's who Ventress is feeling. In Anakin's case, he's feeling Maul, the return of Maul coming back, because, again, this is Maul's death sort of set everything in motion for Anakin, right? Maul kills Qui-Gon Jinn, his would-be master, and puts him on this path with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Think about what Anakin's life might have turned out to be had Darth Maul not killed Qui-Gon Jinn in the Battle of Naboo. Uh, Anakin might have been on a much, much sturdier path, right? You know, perhaps... The Clone Wars entirely are averted. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's interesting to speculate. But Anakin may be a very different Jedi with Qui-Gon as his master as opposed to uh, Kenobi, who was you know newly promoted to Jedi Knight when he took on a Padawan right away. You know, And that happens in, sometimes in the Jedi lore, but very often a Jedi Knight gets to go out and be on their own for a little bit before they begin to pass on what they've learned. Obi-Wan's forced in, sort of forced, sort of forced, into this by the death of, of Qui-Gon when Qui-Gon, you know, as he's dying, makes Obi-Wan promise to train the boy. And he, because he was so steadfast and resolute in his belief that Anakin was the chosen one, is the chosen one. Um, so yeah, yeah, Darth Maul, while they may not have ever fought against each other, may, and I think Anakin only catches like a little glimpse of him here on like Tatooine and maybe right before the big Jedi battle on Naboo, they're 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 intertwined with each other in in a very unique way. Meanwhile, Maul's ab ab absconded freighter is returning to Lotho Minor and the junk planet, and we get a good view of what the junk planet looks like. And to me, it very much reminded me of a certain Kurt Russell movie from the '90s. Maybe you've heard of it called Soldier. It takes place on a junk planet as well. Has a lot of the same similar visual flair to it. Then again, it is a junk planet. How hard, you know, <laughs> they, they all may kind of look the same. You get to see the, these 
Well, I don't think we've seen the fire breathers just yet, but again, there's going to have its own distinct Star Wars-ness to it for sure. But, you know, we're getting a very interesting uh, view of it as we fly into it from this freighter. At the same time, Maul's, ooh, excuse me, Savage Press's little talisman uh, begins to indicate that he is darn close. And he's going to make a decision here. And that's poor pilot. I'm going to play the sequence. It, it's mostly, um, <laughs> you're just going to hear some thumps and thuds, but it's not nice. It is not nice. Get out now. Throws him into an airlock. Closes him in. And drops it back. at last, brother. Another thing to note in this episode, and one of the reasons why I, I said the old brother were out there line at the beginning of the episode is because brother said in this episode at least 15 times. At least 15 times. Oppressed calling out for his brother a lot. The, the word is used a lot in the script. But, I mean, listen, you got Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown delivering this line, and he's, you know, I'll let him say whatever he wants 15 times. The guy sounds awesome whenever he talks. So do it. Keep on doing it. So now Maul is on, or, oh, I keep saying Maul. So now <laughs> Savage Press is on the surface of Lotho Minor. The talisman isn't helping pinpoint the location any more distinctly than it already did. And oh, 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 Savage is, is kind of pissed. He's not real happy. He likes to yell a lot of this. He attracts the attention of Morley. Let's go ahead and hear the first interaction really between these two characters. Morley, this kind of a uh, snaky looking dude, and Savage Press. You, you're tracking somebody. What do you know about it? I, 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 I'm Orly. I, I could help you. We've got everything here. I can get you what you want. For the right amount, of course. <laughs> I mean, it would be my payment free pleasure, of course. <laughs> I think I can manage on my own. something. Show me which way to go. What you need is a guide. Leave me alone! Wait! Trust me, not everything on this planet is junk. Alright, so what you're getting here from Morley is a bit of a tour. that Trying to like play up his value here, why Oppressed should, you know, believe him to be a capable guide to get him to where he's going. So let's kind of hear a little bit more about the planet. It's not. There are things like me. Things that live and breathe. Perhaps you're looking for something more like that? Show me. You're already heading in the right direction, even though your <laughs> handy doodah there isn't working. But you'll need my guidance to avoid the fire breathers. Fire breathers? And the fire breathers are big droids, basically. They that you know they have the like a they're basically like a droid furnace, right? They get all the scrap, they melt it down, they're doing that whole thing, as you would expect on on a junk planet. And as they make their way from the away from the fire breathers, we'll meet the next group of inhabitants on Lotho Mine. <laughs> Junkers. Junkers. Strange folk. Yeah. Looks like it. 
We better get out of here. They can get a little cranky. <laughs> All right, so the Junkers, uh, again, we don't know much about these people. We don't see much about them. They seem to be very protective of the scraps they're finding, of the junk they find. Um, interesting design on these beans. Interesting look. I really dig what they're going for here. Uh, and they don't like Savage Press in their territory, potentially there to steal their stuff. They're not a fan of that, so they're going to go into an attack. Uh, and in this sequence, we get to see o Opress uh, break out the double-sided lightsaber, break out some moves. Uh, and it does seem like Opress has refined some of his skills since the last time we saw him. Now, again, he's just going up against Junkers. He's not going up against Ventress and Count Dooku this time around. Uh, but he does seem more confident with the lightsaber than, than we saw him before, uh, which is nice to see. You know, you want to know, like, when this character's not been on on screen on, in episodes that he is you know developing his skill set so he is more of a force to be reckoned with you know savage press was mostly brute strength the last time around it appears that he does have his skills are growing let's just put it that way i don't i don't want to uh, insult the, the this this kind being okay he's not that kind but he is a being and you don't want to be rude to a guy with a double-sided lightsaber it's not a good look so he's going to dispatch the junkers pretty quickly uh, and then we're going to get to the, to the next sort of big moment. And now after the battle with the Junkers, Morley and Opress converse a little more. And again, you can, I think you have to get the sense that Morley is is definitely leading Opress to something bad, right? Like this guy Morley, he, I mean, he's a snake. He's literally a snake. You can't trust a snake. <laughs> but let's see how this conversation is going to shake out. He's going to, I think it's very intentional, the sort of information he doles out. Uh, to kind of get oppressed to keep following him. So, who are you looking for? Come on! My brother. I've been searching for him. Uh, does he look like you? Have you seen him? No. I just heard stories about a horned man. I thought it was just an old local legend. How old? Old. They say he drags things down beneath, and they never come back up. Oh, but it's only a legend, like I said. Alright, so at this point, Acid Rain begins to fall. Morley urges them to find shelter. They find a very specific shelter with... Junker remains in it, it would appear to be. And the talisman that Savage Press has seems to fail him. And again, lacking that impulse control, uh, he lashes out, lets the rage get the better of him. And uh, well, let's just check it out. It doesn't look like anyone's here, big guy. I can see that. Talzin. She betrayed me. My brother must be dead. She's not the only one who betrayed you. You'll make a good offering, and when my master is finished with you, I get the leftovers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
so that's a great evil cackle. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy that evil cackle quite a bit. Uh, there's something kind of Lord of the Ringsy about this sequence a little bit. You know, Morley's kind of got like that whole Gollum thing going on uh, when they're when they're in the mountains there, and he's leading to Shelob. And in this scenario, Maul's kind of like Shelob, right? Because he's got his um, cybernetic spider legs at this point, and he's kind of more monster than man, uh, as as we're going to discover here as. Savage Press falls down this tunnel. He's far beneath the surface, uh, thinking that he's about to encounter some sort of uh, creature who who uh, morally leads people to fe- continue to feed. Which, again, I have to ask the question, right? So, you're on this junk planet. You're Darth Maul. You've been here maybe 10 years or so. Your your mind's broken. You're, you're fractured in a mental, in a mental way. Um, is he eating people? I think the answer is yes. They don't really paint that picture as as, clear as as clearly as I might like, but the implication here is that Morley leads these people, leads people, these beings, to their demise at the hands of Darth Maul, who I would imagine is chowing down on the flesh of whatever sentience make it into this this tunnel as Morley leads them there. Food for thought, literally. All right, so we get this great tussle. Between Savage Press and what looks to be like like a Shelob kind of creature, right? This giant spidery being, we see a spidery body, uh, but we keep getting these flashes of, of something familiar, something that we maybe have seen before, and they they really do a nice job of sort of masking that this creature is Maul, um, and it's not until Opress is able to get the light just right that we see the upper torso of of this spider like being. And its upper torso is is Maul's. That that from from the torso up, it's him. He's somehow been fused to these these cybernetic spider legs, uh, and and again, his mentally he's completely broken, shattered into a thousand pieces. Uh, and we're gonna hear. Let's go ahead and, and kind of hear some of his ramblings here, as you know, oppresses has realized something terrible has befallen his brother. Uh, that he's not all there mentally. You know, you you see the horns, his his Zabrak horns, just grown out into like this this crazy crown because like the you know he's not taking care of himself. He's he's just completely not who he used to be. Again, the 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 fractured state of his mind uh, is very very interesting, and there's a lot of elements to that. You know, obviously being cut in half by Kenobi. You know, sort of sort of failing in his in his mission, Sidious abandoning him. You know, like uh, all all these elements, and we're going to talk a lot about those in the next episode. So I won't dive too deeply right now. But there's a lot of reasons why uh, Maul is is mentally the way he is. Also, I mean, he's on a junk planet, and someone put him on, on a spider body. That that can't feel good. That, can't, that that's probably not what you wanted to have happen in your. You know, when you woke up in the morning that day, you weren't like, yeah, get me some spider legs. Not not normally what someone has on their to do list. <laughs> No. 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 You are the brother I've been searching for. No. 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 Yes, we are. We are brothers. No. (laughs) You, You don't know. You don't know anything. Never! Never! <laughs> I know I am your blood! Never! 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm... 
Okay, so let's pause it right there. You know, again, you're not getting a lot of great conversation out of Maul at this point, but it's very interesting here when Morley arrives on the scene. Ready for my leftovers! Oh, you're still alive, huh? Who did this to my brother? Are you part of this? No! No! No, I, I found him this way! It wasn't me! I found him this way! You can't be trusted. You're a slithering liar. You should have been helping him! I didn't know! I didn't know! <laughs> and that is the end of Morley. <laughs> and just to make sure that you know he's dead, uh, Savage Press is about to throw him on the fire. <laughs> this is where you live? <laughs> How long have you been here? Years and years and years. Through victory, my trains have broken the chains. The chains are the easy part. It's what goes on in here that's hard. And he's pointing at his head when he says that, by the way. And what goes on in here, pointing at his temples. <laughs> you have been lost, my brother. Do you remember who you are? Where you came from? Always remember I am fear. Always remember I am hunter. Always remember I am filth. Always remember I am nothing. Your legs. That scum. He took them from me. He took them. Who, Who took them? Jedi. Jedi. Remember the mercy, master. Mercy is a lie, a delusion of the weak to think themselves strong. I ask not for mercy. What? what is it? Brother, what are you saying? All right, take note here. Obviously, he's been talking about Kenobi. And here, he's about to get insanely coherent and very Darth Molly. Sam Witwer killing it. Pay attention. It's good. Through the grief, Jedi! Revenge. I must have revenge. Okay, now we cut back to Coruscant. We go into the meditation room. A room that we have seen Yoda in with other Jedi in the past. Now he's in the meditation room and he's called for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he has vital information for Master Kenobi. Master Yoda. Feel the disturbance in the Force, do you? Yes, Master. Fear you are in danger. I do. From the dead, an old enemy has awakened, seeking vengeance. An old enemy? Killed your master many moons ago. He did. How can this be? I killed him myself. It is so, I fear. Darth Maul, alive? <laughs> what a way to end this one. So great. So much good stuff. If you're not pumped up by the end of this, by those final moments, again, Opress finding Maul, us finding Maul, seeing Maul broken, shattered the way he is in in a state of existence, like unlike we saw him previously in The Phantom Menace. You know, what has he been through? What has happened to him? 
uh, how does he get the spider legs? I mean, there's so many questions about Maul and what's been going on in the 10 years since we saw him fall down the reactor shaft at the Battle of Naboo. And our, our minds are all aflutter with, with what's going on and what's happening. And we'll get answers and we'll give answers and we'll explore and we'll talk about it and we're going to do it. So many things to look forward to. And then you tease it by having Master Yoda in a meditative state, you know, consulting the Force, trying to experience through the Force, getting information, seeing visions, all these good things. Knows that Obi-Wan's in danger, calls him in there and is like, hey, by the way, that dude you cut in half who killed Qui-Gon, not so dead. Not so dead. And now Obi-Wan left to ponder and contemplate that and what that means for him moving forward. Uh, as Maul, this is going to be bad, bad news for Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Jedi for, for the remainder of the Clone Wars. And just when you think that, you know, how, how do I put this, right? I mean, we all know what's happening, right? <laughs> but just when you, when you, you know, when you, you finally get the Maul thing kind of like taken care of and wrapped up, oh, by the way, your best friend's about to go to the dark side to betray the Jedi and you're all going to be dead. <laughs> Obi-Wan's about to have a really bad stretch, uh, stretch, stretch of time here. And uh, we won't get into the specifics. If you've watched The Clone Wars, if you remember intimately the details of what's coming up in Season 5, you know it gets, it gets dark for Obi. It gets real, real dark. And when Star Wars gets dark, I get happy because it's so, so good. And, oh, yeah, I can't wait. We're going to be back to, to wrap up this season. Oh man, I'm so excited. I am I'm I'm just feeling it right now. I got the force flowing through me. And it's just I'm I'm bananas crazy excited about this to revisit these episodes in this fashion. It's it's just it's it's a palpable feeling of excitement. I got the goosebumps. I got the goosebumps. I I'm, I'm so jacked up for this. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This is a this the end of the episode is the real the real highlight, right? Kind of it all coming together. But I like the 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 tones throughout the episode, the sort of building of this this returning sinister presence, right? Like how all these four sensitive beings, you know, Dooku, Ventress, Anakin, now Yoda and Kenobi, all sort of feel the the return, right? They sort of feel this disturbance in the Force, and I I, I love that inserted into various spots in this episode. You know, Opress as a character is sort of, you know, he's never been like my my favorite, mostly because of his, his impulse control issues. But he's formidable, right? And that's that's kind of the key element. And he's sort of like our, our gateway to bringing Maul back. You know, you can't just have Maul show up one day and be like, "Hey, check me out! I got these red spider legs." No, no, no. Maul's story is is far more tragic, and and it will continue to be more more tragic as we as we get into his time in in Rebels. Um, it's 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 what they've done, what they do with Darth Maul as a character is so poignant. It's so beautiful in so many ways and so so sad. It adds like this real tragedy about the character. Again, this is for anyone who knows where we end up at. It, it just sort of adds the sadness to, to the character that we never really knew was there. You know, let's go back in time to when, when episode one was coming out, you know, when, when we were all standing in line at the movie theaters. And all we had seen were amazing pictures of of Darth Maul. You know, the first the first time I remember seeing Darth Maul, you know, I'd gotten my my new ep issue of Star Wars Insider in the mail, and there he was on the cover of Star Wars Insider, 
Darth Maul, just a big shot of his face. And you're just like, what the holy heck am I looking at? How insane is this prequel going to be with this guy as the bad guy? And don't get me wrong, Maul's great in the in the episode one. But when you see him bisected by the end, you're like, oh, <laughs> not not quite as uh, important a character as I thought he might be. Uh, and and I, I will admit, when in, you know ten ish years later, when they when they announced they were going to bring him back uh, in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, I was like, I was sort of concerned that it was going to undercut Obi Wan Kenobi's uh, actions in Episode One by bringing him back in this way. Uh, but I was dead wrong. What what they do, the the path that these two characters end up on with against each other as as you know antagonists uh, in, in in a long form dramatic narrative uh, is is so well done. It's so intense. It's so space opera. I mean, it's Star Wars to the tenth to the nth degree. It's again, we're gonna go on the journey together. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, but it's it's a wonderful journey to be on. We're really going to get some really great Kenobi stuff, uh, and it, it's sort of interesting timing uh, as as we're not going to get into like the meaty parts of it before the Kenobi show airs. We're sort of like previewing some of the intense Kenobi storylines that we will pick up on after Kenobi has aired. But it'll be interesting to see if the Kenobi show has any callbacks to events of Star Wars: The Clone Wars season four, or season five, even you know going back. Do we get a flashback of of he and Satine at some point of his time on Mandalore as a young Jedi. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to go that far back. It doesn't seem like it. it seems very unlikely at this case, but you know, some scene with him in meditation, he, you know, we see him in that cave at some point, maybe he's reminiscing, thinking about past failing failings. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see where we go when we connect with, with, when we reconnect with you McGregor, as Obi-Wan Kenobi on the series when it debuts on May 27th, which is just around the corner. And I cannot wait. So, so excited. Uh, yeah, I, I think I pulled back from giving this episode like a full nine buckets, but it's 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 like right there. It's like right there. It's like eight, nine. <laughs> eight point nine, I should say. It's a great episode. Uh, but it's really highlighted by the end by what it teases for the next installment. And, and that's what we're, I'm really looking forward to getting into with y'all and, and really kind of chewing on, tearing apart, breaking it down. Because Maul is, is here, he's back, and let the good times roll <laughs> in many, many cases. And again, don't forget, it's not just Maul and Kenobi. Uh, Maul is about to put his, his handprint all over Mandalore and Mandalore's future by what he does with the Death Watch, with Satine, with the Darksaber, all these things, all these elements that we've been talking about uh, since The Mandalorian came back as a TV show and, and sort of sort of bringing these elements to its mythology. You know, now we get to reexamine them in, in the original context in which they, they were introduced to us. Uh, and that's going to let us spitball a little bit more about what may come in Season 3 of Mandalorian, which is something to look forward to at the end of the, end of the year. So it's just a great time to be a Star Wars fan, as always. And I thank you all so much for being here. Again, old listeners, welcome back. New listeners, welcome aboard. I hope you've had a great time. Hope you've enjoyed the content. Uh, and you come back next week and, and close out Season 4 with us because whew, it's been great. It has been great. Let me remind you all again, 
We are on social media. Please, please, please give us a follow. All the likes and, and stuff that you can give us are, are truly, truly appreciated. We are at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, show inclined and you want to show some more support for the show, please, five-star reviews. Uh, a really great way to help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle. And as we attempt to uh, curry favor, no, we will not curry favor with the algorithm. We will destroy the algorithm. And, and we can only do that with your help. So we thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for doing that. Five-star reviews, so, so helpful. If you want to help the show financially, uh, what does that mean exactly? Well, it means you're, you're, you're contributing to, to making this podcast better and better by enabling us to get better gear, better equipment. And I still hold out hope that one day we will get better guests than just me and my friends. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. The, but the point is to make sure this, this podcast is always, always, always improving uh, and providing you with the, with the high level of Star Wars content that I want to give you and that you deserve. So you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash MandoVision. You can become an official vision, MandoVision maniac, gain access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspinal Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is a co-host on The Ring and Ear, a great music podcast that I recommend. Be sure to check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker, Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing, right here in San Diego. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. A great movie podcast I recommend. Uh, and if you're on Xbox Live, find him. He's Syndicate Ram on there, too. Go play games with him. He likes Halo. He's into it. He doesn't like Halo the show, but he likes Halo the game. So, yeah, go check that out. Support that guy over there. Uh, all right, I think that's it. I don't think we have any other business other than get ready for the next episode of this podcast. Mandavision is going to be back very, very soon to close out Season 4 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. We've had an absolute blast. And... Yeah, it's season four is going out with a bang, baby. Cannot wait. We will talk to you all then. In the meantime, be excellent to each other, as they say in Bill and Ted. Be great Star Wars fans to each other. Be supportive of each other. Embrace new ideas, others' opinions, and and you know, welcome new people to the fold. Uh, we it's not like our mission by any means, but whatever we can do to contribute to the reduction, the elimination of toxicity in the Star Wars fandom, we want to do as, as, as best we can, right? And it takes every single one of us to do it by being positive, uh, embracing others' ideas and opinions, and just being awesome Star Wars fans with each other. So please, uh, be that to a Star Wars fan who um, maybe is getting, getting ganged up on by, by some of the negative people that are out there. It's a twisted place out there in Twitter. <laughs> it really can be. But they're not alone. We're not alone. We're all in this together. And uh, together we are stronger. So take care of each other. And we will be back so very, very soon. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>